You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. England only managed to take two wickets over the course of day three at the Bay Oval as New Zealand showed while they're the number two ranked side in the world. England weren't awful by any means, but they weren't great either. There was the odd drop catch, the odd misfield, and they were never much above six out of ten with the ball for most of the day. Full credit though must go to BJ Watling who batted through the entire day and the rest of the New Zealand middle order who were superb. Watling scored a typical BJ Watling 100. Nuggety, resolute, very much in the image of his skipper Williamson and it's driven his team into a position where it's hard to see them lose as they end day three on 394 for six, 41 runs ahead of England with two days to go. I'm Yaz Rana and with me on the phone in Mount Maunganui is the editor of the Wizard Almanac, Lawrence Booth. Lawrence, it was a tough day for England in the field but Watling, De Grandhomme and co were brilliant. How much can you fault England for what happened today? Uh, a bit, I think. Um, I mean, the conditions obviously weren't, weren't conducive to seam bowling. Um, uh, but I didn't think they got the best out of, of their attack, really. There were some curious uh, deci- decisions by, by Joe Root. He opened the day with, um, with Curran and Broad, no Joffre Archer. Then when he had the second new ball, uh, Joffre Archer was delayed by 30, 40 minutes before he came into the attack. And at the end, when Mitchell Sant was clearly struggling against a short ball from Ben Stokes, Archer again didn't come on until quite late. So I think there, there are some issues there for, for England, how, how best to use Archer when he's not sort of bowling 90 miles an hour all the time. Um, and with you know with the, the other bowlers not really making much of an impact, it it it, it looked like the kind of scenario that, that Root sort of dreads really being overseas with the Kookaburra ball on a flat pitch and not being able to make a breakthrough. I guess England did manage to contain the run rate throughout the day. Got to give them credit for that, I guess. Yeah, I mean they 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 were never sort of slaughtered, were they? I mean Stuart Broad bowled some excellent deliveries, actually some sort of you know late seventy mile an hour leg cutters and and didn't go for more than two and over. Uh, Leach was tidy without ever really being threatening but you know this was a day when New Zealand's tactics were, were quite clear they wanted to bat the day and get themselves into position where they're the only ones who can win this game they're, they're 41 ahead now with four wickets in hand and, and two good players still at the crease in Watling and Santner and you think that if they if England don't strike in the first hour uh, on the fourth morning then they're going to be in a position where they can only really draw this game so look it was yeah England England weren't poor but they they weren't penetrative and that's that's what Root really wants in in overseas conditions Watling isn't the most eye-catching batsman in the world in terms of his stroke play but he applied himself so well um, and his record for quite a long time now is excellent after he was dropped by Stokes 
today he was he was he was superb he barely gave england um a sniff how impressed were you today by Watling? yeah very impressed i mean it, it wasn't a great surprise i mean sometimes sometimes it's the fate of new zealand cricketers to be perennially underrated because they they're not they don't play as much test cricket as you know england india australia they don't get the the coverage uh, it's a rugby country not a cricket country so you know it, it, he probably hasn't ever quite got the plaudits he deserves this was actually his eighth test 100 he averages what 38 which is pretty good you know, he's got seven more Test hundreds than, than Joss Butler for a start, uh, but he, he played in the way that I think England had hoped. Uh, well, Root had hoped England would play. Um, you know, 277 for four on the second morning. They had the game by the scruff of the neck, and they, and they blew it. I'm afraid. Uh, and and Watling showed them how to play on a slow but true surface. He, he didn't take any risks. Yes, there was that chance you, you mentioned there to, uh, to to Stokes to slip off Joe Root on 27. But apart from that gave England absolutely nothing. He's backed the entire day and he's put New Zealand in with a great chance here. Well, thanks for that, Lawrence. Chat to you tomorrow. Cheers, yeah, all the best. I'm joined by Ben Gardner here in London. Ben, I was surprised to find out today that England are actually only one ranking spot below New Zealand. Today kind of showed the difference between the two teams. New Zealand were superb and really confident in their method. Uh, yeah, they, they, they were absolutely excellent. I think they... It, it showed the gap as well in their approaches as well as in the quality. I think England were showed the same sort of application that New Zealand did today on day one and then on the morning of day two kind of got a bit funky and then lost three hits in the space of three overs. And to build totals of 500 plus or match-defining totals, you kind of have to do that for, for longer than England did, basically. I mean, they've got, was it three half-centuries, four half-centuries, which is... And no one went on to match final score, which BJ Watling now looks like like he's done. I mean, yeah, New, New, New Zealand just do all the simple things very, very, very well. And they're yeah, a, an, an excellent test side. And we saw why today. Um, and we shouldn't be surprised. We mentioned it yesterday that New Zealand have this blueprint for winning test matches at home. They bat long and deep and they do it regularly. Very few countries, probably with the exception of India, score as highly as New Zealand do so regularly. Yeah, and I think Watling is key to that. I mean, he's good enough with the bat to sometimes play as a specialist batsman if he's ever got an injury, and also to bat at number six. I mean, his average now is creeping towards 40. Yep. Um, uh, and it means that you've got Colin de Grantham, who's not really suited to batting in the top six, to come at number seven. And he, average, he averages over 40 with the bat as well and under 30 with the ball. I mean, in a way, they're just a side with lots of quite like not 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 flashy but very gifted players and that and that's their their secret but yeah they are they they, they were excellent is Watling the best keeper batsman in test cricket right now oh yeah for, for, for me definitely yeah I mean ahead of de Kock, Butler Saha yeah. a, a, a long way ahead of uh Butler Pant was on, on on the way to getting there but has been maybe slightly mishandled by India de Kock is pro- maybe his closest challenger at the moment uh, but yeah, no, no. Watling's been the best in the world for for quite a while, really. I mean, this is what his, his second hundred in consecutive innings. He's uh, played a lot of actually really brilliant knocks, rather than just like like he's he's not he's not your typical keeper. He's not like a counter attacker. He is like a he's almost like a proper batsman. Well, he is a proper batsman, um, and was at one point part of the two highest six wicket stands in Test cricket, which he did in in consecutive years, consecutive in in, in rear guards. He's a yeah, he's a, a a fantastic player, and as all New Zealanders are, underrated. But should go down. Maybe also as as New Zealand's best ever as well. I mean, I guess McCullum is the other, the other one. Uh, but in a New Zealand all time eleven, one one of them can play as specialist yeah. bat. Yeah, Archer and Stokes both had 
quite odd days. Both were under bold in the first two sessions. Archer had a couple of pretty ugly misfields. Stokes dropped a, a, the kind of chance you don't really expect Stokes to drop uh, before Watling had even reached 50. What did you make of Root's captaincy today? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awful. He, uh, he He's often almost too funky. I think we saw it a lot during the Ashes to Steve Smith. He was just trying like everything he could think of and not sticking with one plan for long enough. I think he got that balance in a way right today. He was trying enough things while also kind of not asking his team to do too much but the arch the arch thing is is really puzzling we should say that archer wasn't at his absolute best today so bold so as lawrence mentioned he didn't uh didn't start out but when he did come on to bowl it was sort of uh low 80s like not didn't look particularly threatening and obviously we know that he can bowl that and bowl it really well but this is the kind of pitch in a way that archer has like the england hope archer can help make a difference on like sort of flat pretty slow where he can be a point of difference bowler to get something out of it other players can't but to do that he needs to crank it up I think it, with him it was interesting that he did then crank it up after lunch but only after he was uh hit for a couple of boundaries by Colin de Grandhomme and after he'd had like a review or well so the review turned down and then still uh turned down on 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 review and then after that he was like really getting into the upper limits but he like Really, today was a day when the England needed Arch just come on, switch on, and do it. I mean, he's 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 young. He's very early in his Test career, um, and this is his first well, his first Test match outside England. But also, this is the game against New Zealand. Day was his first first class match outside of uh, outside of England. So it's completely understandable that he's taking time to find his feet, and it's also understandable if Root takes time to learn to get the best out of him. I mean, this will hopefully be a partnership that takes England through quite a long time, and. Uh, it's it's like to be expected that not every captain knows how to use every bowler perfectly straight away. But and we've also said that Root has overbowled Archer too much in the past, and today he underbowled him. Uh, but you know that happens, especially England have a lot of bowling options. Root and Leach had a bit of success in the morning session. Root obviously took the first wicket. Leach had that catch dropped by Stokes, uh, so you could see why he bowled himself and. Leach a bit more so it was puzzling there's reasons for all of it but it was puzzling I think he did get it wrong a reasonable amount not 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 hugely but significantly I guess. Roy Burns split the webbing on his right hand so spent the second half of the day off the field he's had that glued back together so should be able to bat tomorrow his absence did mean though that Dom Sibley moved to gully and he took an absolute blinder to get rid of Colin de Grandhomme it was a bit like that Burns catch at the Oval in the Ashes. Um, bit, bit like that Stokes catch at Trent Bridge in 2015. It was really, really excellent. Yeah, a, bit, a great moment for him to feel like. I mean, because obviously, I mean, it's funny, England, like English pundits, we do this thing with openers where actually we say each time we're not going to be too hard on them. But then we also then kind of big them up for things that aren't that remarkable. I mean, simply made, what, 20 odd in the first innings, but because him and Burns got through the, the first hour, then we almost get to a point of, anointing them rather than getting too harsh but 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 for him so the 22 for him won't feel as good as it felt for us but yeah. the catch would have felt just great yeah. uh kind of like that would have made him if he hasn't already that probably feel like he belonged i think even if he gets naught in the in the second innings there'll be a moment in the that game. To, yeah, always yeah, have that, yeah absolutely new zealand now lead by 41 going into the penultimate day they've got four wickets left What's their game plan to win the test from here? Because I think for England to get back in the game, to win it, I think is, is really quite a tough ask now. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think 
I, I think England still have a chance. I mean, yeah. uh, you can they could easily concede a lead of somewhere around 100, like bat, make 300 be a stretch, but they could do it. Mm-hmm. And then it looked like a pitch that was maybe going to start going up and down at some point. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not out of the question. I think New Zealand just keep doing the same thing they have done for the last two or three years and the same thing they did all day today. They'll just keep batting on time. Watling's not going to bat any differently. Uh, they'll look to cover a really big lead. I mean, they shouldn't really be looking to declare at any point. And even if they get like bowled out at some point into the second session, if, I mean, if they, if they can get to the third session, that's, that's great for them. And they'll, they'll just like, look to look to win by an innings rather than like chasing a few down in the, in the final innings, I think. I thought Jack Leach bowled well today. Uh, it wasn't spectacular. There was the odd loose ball, but he kept, by and large, he kept things tight. It was a kind of day where you could make the argument that this was a good day to have Jack Leach in the team and that it was very flat and he kept the runs under control. But equally, you could make the point that if you had Moeen Ali in the team, we'd, England would be slightly more likely to have made taken a breakthrough. Where, where do you stand on, on Leach's role in the team on pitches like this where it is very flat? Yeah, this is this is the trade-off. I think the thing with Leach is that he is more of an all an all-round bowler. Like he's he's not the out-and-out attacking bowler that Monali is, and Monali is one of the finest attacking spinners England have like ever had, really. But Jack Leach is a, a wicket taker in his own option in, in his own right. He's not he's not like a kind of an Ashley Giles leg stump line merchant. Uh, he 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 does he looks threatening at times. He, there was a few that kind of spun in and like just over or just past the stumps. Uh, so I think I think he did he did bowl he did bowl really well. I mean, spinners like basically never take wickets in New Zealand. There was a, a stat going around that uh, New Zealand hadn't taken a wicket for or New Zealand's been out taking for like six hundred and eight days before this series or something. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this, in in New Zealand, I think you want Jack Leach more than Mo and Ali basically. Uh, depending on England's team combination and the pitch, there are times when you might want Mo and Ali, but yeah, Jack, Jack Leach is who you want here. Yeah, Joe is not far off with one wicket from being the leading wicket taker in New Zealand for spin bowlers over the last two years. I think, the lead, I think Pereira's got four or something like that. It's uh, And that and that was a horror tour as well. He took four, but like 87, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, cheers, Ben. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And if you're feeling especially kind, leave us a cushy five-star review. Cheers. Podcast Network.